So, amen. It's good to see everyone today, and um, just really excited about things that are happening. There's a lot of stuff happening. We don't always see it, but there's things happening behind the scene, and um, it's pretty awesome when we realize um, that God's still sovereign. He's in control. Sometimes we have no idea what's happening, but He is still in control. So I'm just very excited about that. Um, we have a lot of things happening here at the church as we go into this uh, remodel program just to get everything up to date. And so a lot of things happening. It's a lot of money that we're going to have to spend and all that. So um, and just, you know, getting out there and working, you know, rolling up your sleeves and working and doing all kinds of stuff. So that's exciting and that's fun. And it's awesome to see changes as they start happening, right? Yeah. Amen. So um, some of these things have taken a little bit longer, like just even designing the sign. You know, it takes a little bit more time. And you just go back and forth with the people designing the sign. And we think we finally, hopefully, we came up with a design that's going to work. And um, then, uh, so just a lot of things. Uh, electricity, getting... New electric, you know, trying to bring out Brother Savage in March or April and uh, to help us get all the electrical up to date. And so just a lot of things that are happening, and it's exciting. And uh, today I want to share a message today. Now, what I have to share today is something you guys, some of this stuff you have heard before. But some of this Stuff may be some things that you haven't heard before. And um, this message is a message that I heard from Clifford Readout, and he preached it at uh, the Apostolic Church of Enfield, Connecticut, um, in September of last year. And I listened to it multiple times, he t more like teaching. And um, the message that I listened to, who has heard uh, any of the podcasts from the Apostolic Church of Enfield from September of last year? And Clifford Readout, it's an excellent message. And I took notes, I copied down all the scriptures, and then I went through and I put my thoughts into it. And um, it really got to me. And I wanna share with you some things from that message today. Um, praise the Lord. So just very excited about what the Lord is doing, and um, real excited for our Bible quizzing team, and it really does relate to this message. It really does relate to this message, and for some reason, my notes are not coming up. <laughs> this is not good. This is not a good thing. This is not a good sign. Wow. Maybe the Lord didn't want me to preach this message. Okay, I, they finally came up. It just finally appeared. Amen. If we can stand to honor God's word today, and I'm just going to read from Luke chapter 8. I'm going to start at verse 4, and um, we'll read just um, down to verse 8, and um, you guys are going to recognize this. And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spake a par by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, 
and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit an hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Amen. Brother McAtee, would you just pray for the Lord's blessing today? Amen. You may be seated. So I hope today uh, that you could get this message, that you can catch what something that I caught from it that just really the Lord's been dealing with me about. So look, let's look back at verse 4 and notice that it was a large crowd. Much people were gathered together were come to him out of every city, and he spake by a parable. Why did Jesus speak by parables? Vivek. Amen. And so he spoke by parables, and sometimes um, it was hard for people to perceive what he was saying. And so he would sometimes, and we've said this here before, he spoke by parable to either conceal a truth or to reveal. Some people, he would tell this story, and it, they would maybe see it or maybe not see it. And uh, so it's either to reveal or to conceal a truth. And, that's, and he spoke by parable. We have others. We'll get to that. But if you look out at this next verse, it says, A sower went out to sow his seed. So I don't know what kind of job you guys have, but apparently this guy had some experience. He was a sower. He knew what he was doing. And he was sowing, the Bible says, his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. And it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. So notice there was a couple things here. Number one, 
you know, two things that could happen to that seed on the wayside in this particular verse. Number one, it was trodden down. Or number two, the fowls of the air devoured it. And so the seed, which is a good thing, did not have much of a chance by the wayside. And we do not want to allow the word of God to be trodden down in our life because that seed, as we will see, represents the word of God. And we don't want the fowl of the air to devour in our lives. And now here is the powerful, a powerful statement. And this, I would just catch this statement. This really got to me. We get to decide what type of soil we are going to be. We get to decide. I get to decide if I'm going to be the good soil. I get to decide if I'm going to be, you know, where the seed by the wayside. I get to decide if I'm a seed that's on that thrown on the rock or that seed that's, you know, thrown amongst thorns. Whatever I get to decide. And so that just got my attention a little bit because sometimes we get to thinking, you know, I think that... um, uh, I think uh, I'm going to be good, or I think I should just go in there and be good soil, or I think maybe I'm not the bad soil. That's everyone else, right? But maybe we are. Maybe we're not that good soil. It says that some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. So. It's not good for the word of God to fall upon a rock in this case, right? The reason why is because it lacks moisture, whatever the moisture is. So the seed tried to spring up, and that seed, the word of God, you have to give it something. You have to give something to it, and uh, you may need to give it some moisture, And we do have a choice of what kind of soil we will be. Verse 7, some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. So nobody seemed to cut down the thorns. Nobody seemed to care, right? And if it was by the wayside, that makes sense because it's not my property. It's just the wayside, you know, if it's um, maybe it was by the wayside. The thorns grew up with the word of God. They choked it. Remember, we do have a choice of what kind of soil we will be. The sower goes out and he sows his seed, which is the word of God, and we have a choice. Now, other fell on good ground, and it sprang up and bare fruit and hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear let him hear. And just because somebody has ears doesn't mean they're hearing. You guys know what I'm talking about? You, <laughs> you have kids? <laughs> you know, right? Just because somebody has ears doesn't mean they're hearing. Have you ever just been talking to somebody you know they're not hearing anything you're saying? Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> well, from this perspective, I can see that sometimes... Um, People have ears, but they don't hear. 
And so Jesus said, if you have ears to hear, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. So we will make the choice of what kind of ground we will be. We can be uninviting. We can be unsuitable. We can trample the word of God where fowls of the air eat it. At least they understand something that's good, the word of God. We do not want it to fall on a rock, but we want it to fall on something that will supply it with whatever it needs. We would rather be the good ground and let that seed bear fruit and hundredfold. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. I might have ears to hear and choose not to hear. It's not just talking about allowing the sound waves to beat upon your eardrums because that doesn't take any effort. How many times have you been someplace and you've heard what somebody was saying and then you left and you said, I have no idea what it was about. Great message, but I have no idea what the preacher preached. There are times when I heard somebody speaking, and they may as well have been speaking a foreign language because I didn't know what they were saying. So it's not just talking about that. Let's go on to verse 9. His disciples, obviously, they heard, they're his students, right? They heard this parable, and they asked him, saying, what might this parable be? So even when Jesus was speaking in the parable, they were asking for some clarification. What are you talking about, Jesus? Can you give us the significance of what this parable is all about? Verse 10 says, He said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. How many would like to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God? I want to be one of those. Unto me it is given. I love knowing things that... Do you guys know, like knowing things other people don't know? It's pretty awesome. You don't? You, I, I love it. <laughs> I love knowing things other people... No one else is like that? <laughs> you love it. I know that gossips love it, right? Hey, have you heard? Have you heard about so-and-so? <laughs> they just want to be the first... To, I don't like gossiping. I really don't do my best to not get involved in that. But um, it's nice to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. They're powerful. Um, there's been times when I've read passages of Scripture, and I've told this story before. We had Brother Smith here. He preached a message from, is it John chapter 21, where Jesus asked the question, um, do you love me more than these? And Peter's like, yeah, you know, you know me, you know I do. But he asked him three times. And so he preached that message, and Brother Smith kept saying, I'm not sure you're getting this. And I kept thinking, um, I pretty much know this story. I pretty much have read this many times, and I pretty much think I got it, but what am I missing? And so I remember that week we were sitting at Starbucks with the men having a men's Bible study. And I said, guys, what are we missing? He kept saying we're missing something. And, I, and I've got this feeling that I'm missing something. 
You guys ever felt that? You hear something, you see something in the Word of God, and you're like, I see what it's saying, but I feel like there's something there that I don't get. I feel like I'm missing something. So we discussed it amongst the men, and one brother had a different version of the Bible. And he said, I have this version. I said, go ahead and read it in your version. He read it, and I said, whoa, that's something. And so we started to meditate, and we started to think about it, and we found some things in the passage we had no idea. We got some understanding. And so I remember calling Brother Smith, and I said, Brother Smith, I said, you said this. You said, I think that you guys aren't getting this. And so it bothered me so much, we decided to dig in. You guys ever done that? Just dig in. And we decided to dig in, and guess what? We found this about this pastor. I started, he goes, whoa, brother. <laughs> he goes, I wasn't even talking about that. You got stuff I didn't even get. <laughs> and that's what the Word of God is all about, you know? And so they asked, the disciples asked Jesus the question. He said, unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables. I want to be one of those ones that he speaks the mysteries, not in parables, not in something I don't really get or understand. That seeing they might not see and hearing they might not understand. I don't want to be one of the others that hear and don't understand. I don't want, want to be one of the others that see but don't really perceive. I want to be one of the ones that see it, that understand it, you know, that hear it. I want to, I want to have understanding. And so I want to be one of those. Um, the purpose of Jesus speaking in parables was either to reveal or to conceal. These parables will not do much good if you have ears, but you do not understand what you are hearing. Or if you have eyes, but you cannot see. You know, there's people that have eyes, but they can't see. And I'm getting more and more like that as I get older and I have to, where's the glasses? <laughs> Brother McAtee gave me these glasses in the leaders' meeting as I was trying to read this thing. He goes, here, keep these. <laughs> so now i got to put everything in super big letters. Luke eight eleven says, now the parable is this. So Jesus is going to explain this parable. Thank you. Um, thank you for that. The parable is this. The seed is the word of God. And I just got some seeds because I wanted you to be able to see them. They're big seeds. These aren't, these aren't really. These are pumpkin seeds. <laughs> and you can imagine this, that, that this sower is going out and he's um, sowing his seeds, you know, tossing these seeds out. And uh, what's funny? What did I miss? But I'm going to tell you this is valuable. It's the word of God. It's very valuable. And he's saying that the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside, now I want you to notice this. Are they that hear? Wait, that sounds good. That's good, right? They hear. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts lest they should believe and be saved. You know, there's always somebody's coming to come along and they're going to say, ah, you know, that's not really true. I'm not really sure. I'm not one of those. I, I think that there's something, I don't know what happened, 
But as a young, as a teenage boy, when I went to Institute of Basic uh, Bill Gothard seminar, and I heard in that seminar them saying about honoring your father and mother and the principle behind that, and your days are going to be long. And I thought, wow, I've not been doing that. Right, mother? I have not been doing that. And I thought, man, there's something to this word of God. And I was just so impressed how the Bible had personal application to my life. And so I got interested. And I wanted to know when I got married how to be a husband. And so guess where I went? The Bible. And I wanted to know how to be a dad. And guess where I went looking? The Bible. And I would go to the Bible bookstore and people say, oh, this book. And I'm like, I don't really care about what people's opinion are, opinions are. Now, if somebody is going to explain it from the scripture, I'm interested in that. Because I have confidence in one thing. And it's this thing right here, the word of God. And some people allow the word of God and comes along. Well, Dr. So-and-so, Mr. Spock says we should raise our children this way. And I said, I don't really care what Mr. Spock says because God's word says it this way. And this is the word that endures forever. It will, it's, it's always going to stay the same. You shouldn't do this with your children. I'll say nonsense because this is the only thing that makes sense. God's word. And if you know me, this is the thing that I stand on. It's God's word. I have confidence in the word of God. I don't have confidence in other people's opinions or ideas. And so somebody we see here, they allow the devil to take it out of their heart. The, those on the wayside, they hear it. Then cometh the devil. That word of God is not true. Science and statistics have shown that you should do it this way. Oh, okay. There goes the word of God. I guess that's not true. And I'm the guy who just stands up and says, baloney. I really am. If you know me, I'm the guy that says baloney. Right, Amy? <laughs> My sister is saying, yep. <laughs> I remember, I'm going to pick on my sister a little bit. She came to me one time at my house, and she was saying, Jim, what's your opinion on this? And I say, why does my opinion matter? And she said, because I noticed that you always have a scripture to back up your opinions. And I said, oh, okay, well, that's good. <laughs> There's some people that have opinions, and it's just their opinion. But... Um, the seed is that word of God. And those by the wayside, they hear it. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. And then the next verse says, they on the rock are they, which when they hear, guess what? Guess what they did too? They also heard. Did you know that in every case, every one of these soils are people that hear? Every one of them heard. This says nothing about those who don't hear. It's only about those who do hear. So they on the rock are they which when they hear receive the word with joy. Yes, I love it. The word of God, I received it with joy. But they have no root. Which for a while believe. And in time of temptation fall away because there will be time of temptation 
It's a guarantee it's going to happen. It's going to come. We have a promise from God's word that it's going to happen. And so they receive it with joy, but they have no root. And the temptation overrides the word in their life. And then there's that which fell among thorns. In verse 14, it says, That which fell among thorns are they which when they have heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. So they hear it. It's the seed that fell among the thorns. But they allow these other things, life's distractions, to choke out the word of God. And so they prioritize other things, cares. Does it say, is this scripture saying we should not have cares in this life? No, we do have cares in this life. Is this scripture saying that we're not going to uh, what's this, have riches, that people that are rich or bad? No, it's not saying any of that. Pleasures, it's not saying any of that. But they allow these things to grow up and choke out the word. And so his word reached them who were among thorns. He reached them there. The word cares, it's through the idea of distraction, according to Strong's. The word riches is wealth, money, possessions, abundance, riches. So they allow these things to choke out the word of God in their lives. Pleasures, lusts, sensual delights. They allowed those things to choke out God's word out of their life. And they bring no fruit to perfection. So bringing a fruit to uh, perfection is to be a bearer to completion, to maturity. That is to ripen fruit. So those, they never bring the fruit to perfection. Never do. But when you take God's word and you hide it, in your heart, and you guard it, and you protect it, and you live by it, and you let it be part of your life, every part of you, then you'll be able to bring forth. It says in verse 15, that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit to, with patience. So they keep it. They keep it. That word keep is this Greek word, which means to hold down, to detain, to retain. To, that's why I love Bible quizzing. Because these Bible quizzers are learning God's word. And hopefully they get it in their heart and they retain it and they hold on to it. And somebody comes along and says, you know, you should do this. And they say, no, no, no. There's a reason why we don't do that. I'm going to hold on to God's word. I'm going to retain it. I'm going to detain it, to hold downright, hold it in a firm grasp, to have in full and secure possession, to seize upon, to keep, to retain, to continue to have something, to keep in possession, to read intently, to listen intently, to memorize, to study, to meditate on the word. Do everything you can to retain the word of God in your life. That's them on the good ground. 
Some people have no regard whatever for God's word. And they're like maybe those on the wayside or those that fell on the rock. At first, maybe they receive it with joy and last for a little while. Or those that among thorns and they just get distracted with things of this life and they allow the seed to be choked. Many people don't have proper respect for the word of God. They trample on it. They say it's too hard to understand, so I'm not going to read it. My son Judah, he heard that, what's that big fat book, that classic book? What is it? War and Peace. He heard that that was a challenge and is a big book, so he goes, a challenge in a big book, I'm going to read it. (laughs) Some people like challenges. And that's the way that I take it to God's word personally. Somebody says, this is hard to understand. That makes me want to dig in. That's just me. That's just me personally. (laughs) Because I love God's word. As I've shared many times before, I've never been much of a reader. But I do love God's word. There is something right there that I will read every day. Because I love it. So we do have to love it. And too many people don't have proper respect for it. They say, I read it and I can't understand. I said, well, step up. Because it's really something that you can understand. If you seek to understand. If you want to do. It's amazing. Some of those same people, they understand a whole lot of other things. But they make no effort for the word of it. What kind of soil are you? What kind of soil are those individuals? They would much rather read other things that appeal to the flesh, other things that really won't benefit them at all. Many of those other things actually do more harm than they do good. There was an advertisement I saw on Facebook, and this was something that um, was Dr. Jordan Peterson was going to be doing this thing on the book of Exodus. And you had to subscribe to... uh, Daily Wire. So I told my daughter, Regina, I I don't do a lot of paying attention to politics and all that stuff. I really don't do that. I'm not saying it's bad to pay attention to that. I just never really paid much attention to it. So I told my daughter, Regina, I said, I am interested in this subscription for this thing on the book of Exodus. And so I said, you want to go in halves with me so we can pay for the subscription so I can watch this series. She bought it for me for Christmas. Yeah. Eh. Yeah. I was giving her a hard time. I said, how much did you spend on your boyfriend? She she said, Dad, I spent the most on you. I said, all right. (laughs) That's a good thing, right? So I started watching, it's like a two hours an episode, and they just sit and they, around at a table of uh, scholars and uh, theologians, and eight of them sitting there, and they're talking about these, he'll, Jordan Peterson will read through some scriptures, and they'll discuss it, and I'm just loving it. I'm just eating it up because I love God's word. And so we have to be one of those people that when we get God's word, we hold on to it. We keep it. We 
guard it. We don't let nobody take it from us. We don't let somebody come along. It is, there is nothing more important than getting this in our hearts. Dennis Prager uh, is on there, and I just was telling Brother McAtee about this. I said, they, they have a thing called the Master's Program, and I decided just to listen to the first episode. And he said, we become stupid as we depart from that book that people laugh at called the Bible. And I thought, what a statement. And it's true. I mean, when we follow the precepts in this book, when I follow that, you're going to like me better. My wife's going to like me better. My children are going to like me better. I'm going to be a better dad. I'm going to be a better husband. I'm going to be, you guys are going to like me better. I'm going to be a better friend. Uh, my neighbors are going to like me, you know, better. Uh, Barbara, if you're watching, hi, neighbor. We've missed you here today at church. She said she's going to be here. She's going to stop in and surprise us. But uh, there's nothing like God's word. Guard that word. Protect that word from assaults of other ideas. You will not listen to the counsel of the ungodly when you have that word hidden in your heart. You're not going to pay attention to false teachers when you have that word of God hidden in your heart. You will keep that word. It is the truth and you will honor it that way because when you do, the word of God itself will produce things in you and through you. It will. If you are patient, the fruit will be right on time according to the Lord's purpose in having sown that seed. It may not be right away, but you take that seed. You let that seed grow. You let that seed take root into your life, and it will bring forth fruit. We have that promise. Verse 16 of Luke 8 says, No man, when he hath lighted a candle, covereth it with a vessel, or putteth it under a bed, but setteth it on a candlestick, that they which enter in may see the light. So you don't do that when you have a candle. You don't take that candle and hide it under something. You, you have that there for light so people can see it. For nothing is secret. And this ought to be, scare some people. Because we all have secrets. It says, nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest. Nothing. No thing. Neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. And verse 18 says, take heed, therefore, how ye hear. So listen. Pay attention. Take heed how you hear. Make sure you get it. That's one of the reasons why I have to take notes. Because if I don't, I'll walk away. I have no idea what they are talking about. But if I'm writing things down and I'm taking notes, I want to get it. I want to get what that preacher, who, who knows how many hours he spent studying that message or whatever God has given him, I want to make sure I get it. 
And trust me, when I've heard Brother McAtee speak, I don't always get everything that Brother McAtee has got. But I want to get everything that Brother McAtee's got. When uh, anyone else speaks in this pulpit, I want to get everything they've got. But I know I won't because, you know, they've spent time with this. They've spent time in the Word of God studying, putting those notes together. And just, you know, the Lord has maybe given. I want to get everything I can from that person who is sowing his seed, hopefully, the seed of the Word of God. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. How are you hearing it? Are you hearing it with the intention of letting God's word grow in your life and bear fruit? Or are you just some of that soil that's um, it's not going to grow at all? To him, for whosoever hath, to him shall be given. And whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken, even that which he seemeth to have. And then I want to share with you something. Um, this is found in, you guys have heard this scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. And Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, some of you can quote this verse, right? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. What's the very first word? That has to do with listening. It has to do with listening. But not just that. Did you know it's not just listening? It's listening with the intent that I'm going to obey. Listening, a lot of people listen. I heard it. And they walk away. So they're kind of like some of the soil where that Word of God can't take root. But listening with the intent of obeying. I want to hear God's word and I want to obey it. Is there something in God's word that you know that you're not obeying? Is there anything in God's word that you know that you're not living in accordance with? So that word here is not just listen. It goes beyond that. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. I heard a Jewish Christian a number of years ago called this passage the Great Shema. The Hebrew word for the word here is Shema. And there are many other places in the scripture, over 1,000 of them, where that Hebrew word is used. But this is the great one. This is called the first and the great commandment. When they came to Jesus say, what is the first and great commandment? He said, the first and great commandment is this. Hear. That's the first commandment. You've got to hear. But it's not just any message. And that's why this, to obey this message, you can't just go to any church. you got to go to a church that preaches that message. And there's a lot of churches that don't preach that the Lord is one. So the very first commandment Jesus said is to hear the first and great commandment is to hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And there's churches out. People say, what's different from your church than my church? I, we believe in the foundational one God. And Jesus Christ is the manifestation of the one and only God. That's the difference. 
And so you got to get yourself in a position to hear. You must hear it with the intention of obeying it. Whatever that one God has to say to you, whatever that one God has to say from his word, I want to listen and obey and heed whatever he has to say.